But I hate when I feel like this And I never hated you Neurotica is a weekly podcast going to the deepest, darkest parts of the mind and bringing them to light. Topics range on mental illness, behavior, and perception and more. Please be warned, many episodes contain trigger warnings. If you ever have thoughts of suicide, please call the suicide hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Welcome to Neurotica. Okay, Bobby's doing the intro this week. Bobby, take it away. I'm co-host Bobby, here with... Did you just introduce yourself as co-host Bobby? <laughs> yes. Why he made it very. Bobby? He made it very clear to me that this is still your podcast, and I'm like the assistant to the regional manager. I was just being a dick to you. I. It's really hard to tell, because you're just like that to me all the time. Yeah. Anyway. So you know your place. That welcome, I am the host. welcome to Neurotica. To I'm co-host Bobby, here with co-host Cody. It sounds no, it sounds like your first name is co-host. Sound, sorry, I'm co-host Bobby here with host Cody. So we have a live episode coming up. You guys are going to want to check that out. We're great together. No, welcome to Neurotica. I am Cody here with Bobby. I'm getting this co-host thing. Co-host Bobby. Co-host Bobby getting this thing back on the rails. We're coming to you from, once again, the hottest apartment in America because you cannot run an uh, air conditioner while recording a podcast. And we were so happy and lucky to have a third person boiling with us tonight. It's uh, actually... a Older friend of Bobby's, and I'm gonna say I'm a little threatened because <laughs> former podcast co-host to Bobby as well. Yeah, that's right. Uh, what's up? Uh, my name is Mitch. I'm uh, at Leonard Swimmered on Twitter, and yeah, me and Bobby we uh, we had a pod together that um, you know it, uh, it only made one episode, but uh, it was an episode that we were both proud of. Um, yeah, Bobby, we have a good excuse for that episode only going one episode because yeah something we, happened in your family that was pretty interesting wait what <laughs> he already forgot about the event so about your cousin got spotted oh yeah yeah that well i mean it was we the, probably the, talk about that the main reason was that we just got too drunk when we were recording the second episode and it was and the audio was in like seven or eight diff, seven or eight separate uh separate files so i just I, t- I took one look at it and i was like oh man i but yeah, I uh, we talked for three hours, so that was that. Yeah, I wonder why you're doing so well with this podcast and not the last <laughs> one, Bobby. Um, I don't know. Probably just because I've grown as a person. But before we get too deep into this, I want I want to let you guys know I'm letting this become a reunion for you too. This is the the third episode, I guess, of whatever your podcast Defend is called. Punk <laughs> punk. Defend Punk Punk. Yeah, <laughs> episode three. I don't want to be a part of this, so I'm going to go. Actually, I'm going to head up the Wawa. You guys need anything? You're just high, and you're trying to get out of responsibility. I'm not high. I've I never done drugs that. in my life. What about the pot that you just smoked? Um, is that where you're wrong? Do you do that to just seem cool to us? That was angel dust. It's prescribed. Okay. Well, so don't you look stupid? Kind of ableist, really. Fair yeah. So I was thinking recently yikes. about how we should start a, so, a this, band called Roger Daughtry. Nope. No. Nope. <laughs> this is too jumbled. This is two podcasts coming together. We're gonna restart. You guys are doing your podcast. Go. All right. Welcome so, to Defend Pod Punk. So are you in on my new band, Roger Daughtry, where we do two thousand mid two thousands cock rock covers of the Who songs? Okay. Um are they all, are they all gonna be on pedophilia? Probably. Is Daltrey a pedophile? Wasn't he? Or was it a different member of The Who? I feel like it was someone in The Who. Jimmy Page was. Yeah. He, like, kidnapped a girl. 
Okay, I'm going to stop you guys right there. Um, <laughs> is that really where you wanted your podcast to go? I don't uh, see why not. You, you seemed like you had some kind of momentum to start, and then you kind of just hit a dead stop. I thought of Roger Daltrey like three hours ago. I was saving it. Great. That <laughs> doesn't make me feel any better. Anyway, let's let's go back to Neurotica. Um, so, Bobby, you said to me, hey, I've got a friend in town. It wasn't so few words, actually. But you had a friend in town that you used to podcast with. And you said, I'd like to have him on the podcast. But he's not just in town. Well, you have a story to tell. But, Bobby, why don't you say it from your words, and I'll transition to him, of your pitch to me about what this podcast was and what it means to you. Because I know this is your roots of, this is where you first had a podcast. This is a, a different world for you as well. Yeah, so this was, I guess, two or three years ago. And me and Mitch, uh, being white-bearded men... We're both like, you know what, we should start a podcast. And so we talked to each other and kicked around ideas and we're both big music fans. Mitch likes a little bit more obscure music than I even do. Um, So we decided on a format where we would both give the other one a album that they hadn't listened to before ever. uh, Or more likely as it got down the road that they didn't really listen to that much that we did listen to a lot and they would listen to it and we would do some research on the album that we assigned and then we would get on podcast and talk about it um so the first episode we did i assigned him nervous like me by kayatana uh and he assigned me uh the Uh, first mile by the get up kids yes the first get up kids album um that ended up being sort of a local theme because Kayatana obviously is based here in Philly and the Get Up Kids are based in Lawrence, Kansas, where Mitch grew up. Yep, that's right. Yeah, and uh, as I, I was just going through there, I was kind of hoping I would um, run into one of them because they're, they're back in Lawrence now. Okay. Um, then they're active again. They uh, put out a new EP last year that was really good. Kicker, I highly recommend it. They have a new album this year that I haven't listened to yet because I guess... We're probably gonna gonna go over this, but I've had a little bit of um, my life's been a little bit of a transition. I've been um, driving across the country, um, so I'm here in Philadelphia. Yeah, why don't uh, you um, why don't you jump in? I thought we were stories. actually sorry. I thought we were gonna cut that. I didn't. Oh, uh, we weren't. I, I well, I just you know, I've had a week. You know, you haven't checked yeah. in with me in a bit. You know, <laughs> that's true. I guess we we can talk to someone else that just drove from Sacramento to Philly. You know, next week. Okay, but like I went to Chicago for work like a month ago. We haven't talked about that. I feel like we I did. I want to hear about that. Oh, it was great. So I went to this like rooftop bar, and they had like these like really seasonal cocktails. They were delicious. Are we oh, positive we didn't talk about this on the LA episode? We might have. I don't know. Better safe than sorry, though, dude. This okay. is really good stuff here, and Mitch is really into it. That's I, true. He he dropped the story completely. Listen to this, so. I'm assuming he's That's cool why he it. drove to Philly. Yeah, <laughs> and he's in my home, so I really don't give a shit what he thinks. This is my fucking podcast, Bobby. I told you that before you got on. I said, don't you fucking dare start bringing your friends on the podcast. Start dominating it. You just... Okay. Let's hear about Chicago. No, I can't now. I'm frazzled. Let's hear about your story, Mitch. Go ahead. So, yeah. I uh, I drove from Sacramento to Philadelphia. Um, kind of almost to prove I could. Uh, so... I, uh... Oh, you don't have a license. Yeah. Well, I did. <laughs> I do have a license. I do have a license. I'm not um, so sure now. Yeah, I'm not confident. <laughs> uh, I'm, I, I, can't I, I almost thought about grabbing it out to, to, to prove, but um, I'm, I'm not that insecure yet. 
It's an uh, audio so maybe like audio medium. So that wouldn't really work. I'm assuming Bobby already carded. You're drinking a beer. Bobby does that. Kind That's of stuff. true. Yeah. Well, and with my beard, I I I don't really get carded. It's it's kind of tight. That um, is kind of tight. But um, high and tight beard. Really clean shaven man. Is it true? It's beautiful. Yeah. And all. All right. I um, <laughs> this. Let's hear about Mitch's story. <laughs> I've been living in Sacramento for the past four years. Uh, kind of after dropping out of grad school outside of outside of Boston. Um, just kind of basically, uh, trying to figure shit out, figure what was going on with my brain. Um, and things just weren't going too well for me in Sacramento. I didn't, didn't really enjoy my life there. Uh, just wasn't, wasn't really good. So kind of decided that a, uh, and also, I mean, California is just so fucking expensive and getting worse. Yeah, but that's it's... Bobby's favorite place. <laughs> oh yeah, Bobby loves yeah, Los so Angeles. Long time listeners will recall the long ago episode of And at the live episode, episode we again. will be collecting money for Bobby's trip, return to LA, his dream trip. Oh, yeah, that's actually the reason I got on this podcast, is primarily to raise money for um, Bobby's upcoming move to Bring Bobby back to Angeles. LA! That's the theme song. I'd have to make so much money to move to Los Angeles. Like, I don't really care about your career prospects right now, Bobby. Let's hear more of Mitch's story. Okay. Yeah, I uh, decided to get the hell out of California. Um, I've kind of always had an affinity for the city, for the city of Philadelphia, uh, just through um, always had a good number of Twitter friends here. Uh, I visited Philadelphia like the weekend before I moved to Sacramento, had an incredible time, got to meet one of my dear uh, Twitter friends, Tom Brodude, in person, rest in peace. El Ripo. Uh, incredible guy. Um, but yeah, so I've always had an affinity for the city, um, got hired for a job out here, and liked the uh, prospect of good public transit and um, the whole Northeast Corridor or whatever being connected, so I decided to start my life anew. And I bought a van, um, with the help of, like, kind of raising some money, uh... It kind of looks like the van that's on the cover of, uh, Good Kid Mad City. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can relate to that, as a white man, who's, of course, listened to every rap album to prove that I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously the real reason that Bobby loves that album so much is Los Angeles, you know? Yeah. It's his favorite. It, it, it lets him think about his what his life would be like if he were where he wanted to be. Yeah, I would probably anyway, drink digress. a swimming pool full of liquor. <laughs> hey, leave myself to die. That's fair. I uh, made my way across the country, kind of dipped down down California, Arizona, Denver, hometown of Lawrence, Kansas, um, then Ohio, and finally made it to Philly. Did you meet uh, any hot couch guys in Ohio? Oh yeah. Oh man, so I got, um, I had, my trip was mostly, mostly was great. I mean, I had an, uh, for like a crazy road trip, you know, is, I, I, yeah, I had a great time, but I had a little bit of car problems. Um, about an hour outside of St. Louis, one of my tires just com- completely shredded up and I had to get it towed, um, put the spare on. Uh, then an hour, an hour outside of Columbus, uh, same thing happened, same tire shreds up and I had to, yeah, to get towed, stay at the hotel. And the guy who towed me in Ohio was perhaps the most Ohio person alive. He, both times that I interacted with him, uh, that night and then the next morning when he took me to get, get, to get a new tire, uh, he was wearing a cutoff shirt and shorts. Uh, I, 
I want to say a backwards baseball cap, but my, that, that could be my memory destructing things. Yeah, it just uh, might have been, you know, oozing that kind of essence. Backwards, that, backwards baseball, baseball cap, cap. But not a snapback and also not a flat rim. <laughs> he, he's got his priorities, you know. Yeah. And it sounds like the theme song to Entourage is kind of coming off of him. Like, you can see the theme, to- theme song to Entourage coming off him like stink lines. Like, he tells his mother he wants a respectable girl, but he likes to hit up them clubs, you know? Yeah, well, he actually gave me a club recommendation. See? There you <laughs> go. He, he, he said that he knew the owner, so he could get me in for, uh, for, for tea. I, I can tell. He's that kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the next day, um, yeah, he comes, he comes to get me. He said he knows a guy who, who, uh, who wouldn't rate me on the tires. Oh, that okay. was his, his terminology. Oh, I, great. I, I, I maybe wouldn't have used that particular expression. Is that on Yelp? Can you put when, that one on Yelp? <laughs> I, I believe, so, you know, I, I watch a lot of Star Trek, and I believe in not, not interference, you know? So I don't want to interfere with the native Ohioans way of life. Yeah, of that would be that would be violating the prime directive. You're more of yeah. an anthropologist. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, uh, the, the next day when he took me to get to get the tire fix, not one minute in the car when we hadn't even gotten onto the road yet. We're still in the parking lot. He does some misogyny. How's the press uh, on the tires? Duder. <laughs> I, I got a little, um, I think I got a nice little cut because I, I found out that the owner was an Arab, so I spoke a little bit of Arabic to him and he was, uh, Probably a little bit, a little bit surprised to see a random, random white guy in Ohio. Just... I, yeah, I, I'm gonna just stop right there. I've never heard somebody say I saw an Arab <laughs> and then said something like positive towards their culture. Like <laughs> I spoke his language with him. It's always like I saw an Arab and then redacted, redacted, redacted. I'm not gonna repeat those words. So that that was refreshing just to hear. Um, but yeah, so Mitch is not an Ohio guy, so he didn't say that. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I, I get that. I'm feeling your story, but I'm, I'm waiting because you, you, you previewed something that is really interesting to me, but I'll, I'll let you continue with your story before Bobby really interrupts you again. Yeah, so he, he did a misogyny. He um, he hit on a Tim Hortons employee in the right. parking lot, and she, well, she seemed receptive to it, but uh, so I guess he has game. Um, but yeah, so maybe that that's not the... misogyny. Maybe that's just their Tinder out there. Like Tim, <laughs> Tim Hortons Tinder. Parking like, come on. Yeah, that's close he, he swiped right. Yeah. Yeah. Ohio guys just go to parking lots and do. What do you informal you, speed dating? You out here in the parking lot? Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so then yeah, we're in the car, and he just keeps like uh, talking like all like the, the hot tail in the in the hotel that I was staying at. Asked me if I saw any hot girls when I was there. <laughs> Um, this man's a little bit. He, yeah, he talks about how his ex girlfriend hit him up on Facebook at like six in the morning that day. Uh, see, Coke has made its way back to Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or he's just really trying to prove to you that he's like tough because he just like doesn't want anybody to know. Oh, yeah, I also, he, that he lives in Ohio. Important detail he was smoking a plain, a Swisher Sweet, just like no, no weed, just like a Swisher. People like, buy those? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah, I did that in high school. I had a kid like buy me Philly Blunts and he was like, Are you gonna use these smoker to roll? I was like, I'm probably just gonna smoke them. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, you know me, man. I kinda suck. <laughs> roll what? <laughs> yeah, I roll, I'll roll between my fingers, roll over my mouth, yeah. you know. Roll over clowns like you on the B ball. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Yeah, my favorite detail was that he he revealed to me that he named his daughter Abigail, which is oh, I was like, Oh, that's a that's a really sweet name. And then he said, yeah, it's uh, from the, the King Diamond album. It's like, oh, hell yeah, dude. Just, uh, for, for those of you who uh, aren't as up on your metal history as I am, or as I am, 
Me oh, and Cody King just Don- nodded, but <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, dude, right I now. totally know what that is. King Diamond is a very legendary metal vocalist known for his uh, epic falsettos, his horror storytelling albums, and his uh, up in- his inverted cross microphone. It's Neil Diamond's dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. It's, actually, it's Neil Diamond's liege, technically. Yeah, I guess that's true. Well, it can be both. I don't know what you guys are talking about, but I'm glad <laughs> you were enjoying it. No, but so... We've actually had people come on the podcast before, and I was actually excited to do this topic. We have people come on the podcast to talk about moving before. Mm-hmm. We had River on as part of a wider discussion about poverty, but he moved to Philadelphia with his girlfriend, like, they were like 18 and 19, just kind of moved here out of the blue. We had another friend on, a little bit more of a planned move, like she was living with her parents. One of her friends in Philadelphia was a little bit more, you know, this is what I wanted to do, and I finally achieved it. You... You were kind of a little bit more established. I mean, I, I, I would like to hear your story of how you even got to Sacramento. But, like, you know, for me, I, I was a kid from Delaware. I moved here when I was 22. And we talked about that on podcasts where it's, like, it's kind of a natural progression. Like, how, how do you get to the point where you just pick up and go cross country? I know you say you love Philly, but, like, how did you get there? Um, the Well, the big thing <laughs> for me, because, you know, I... When I was planning this, or when I was kind of making the decision on whether I was actually going to do it, like, I kind of, I, I, I kind of forced myself to confront, like, is this actually something that I'm doing that's in my interest, or is it something that I'm doing just because I want to do something, you know? Just to shake yeah. things up. Yeah. And the, the big thing that made me, uh, that, that pushed me towards thinking that it was, my, that it was something that would be in my interest is that... I, I never really wanted to be in Sacramento in the first place. Like, the, the only reason I moved there... I'd say that's true uh, of most people in Sacramento, <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah the like, Kings just came with a great <laughs> offer, so you had to take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I played uh, backup point guard for the Kings for four years, but I got that away. That was you! So, yeah, yeah. Sasha <laughs> looking motherfucker. Sorry they had to let you go so they could overpay Harrison Barnes. Yeah. Well, I mean, how many of us have fallen to that fate before? Damn you, Harrison Barnes, you fucking mm. strike, strike breaker. Probably almost everyone listening to this. <laughs> Harrison Barnes is ordering everything he could on Amazon Prime Day. He doesn't give a fuck about orders, right? Black Falcon is such a tight nickname, and he, like, so doesn't deserve it. I, oh, I didn't even know nickname. that was... Yeah. yeah <laughs> I feel like we should, like, reassign it to someone. Great, we'll get right on that. Anyway, um, but I, I, I do want to kind yeah. of, like, hit on that because, you know, you were talking about just, like, moving for the, you know, shake it up, but... I, I do think there's, like, a, a thing with me and my mental health where, like, I get really excited about an idea, and sometimes it is, like, I want to yeah. move to this city, and the joke between me and Bobby, he wants to move to L.A., is really, that was more of me, <laughs> and I was trying to push it on him, obviously. <laughs> Nobody, surprised no one, but it, you know, I think a lot of time when I tell people stuff like that, their reaction with knowing my mental health, and if I'm, like, especially in a particular place where that's coming up, like, I just want to fucking go to L.A., they think of it like, what are you running away from? What they don't realize is, like, me and my mental health is, I'm never running away from something. I need to just always be running. Yeah, yeah. I very much sympathize <laughs> with that. Yeah, and that that's, but, like, that's where it gets really confusing. And, like, you talk about, you know, you deciding to move back. It, from everything I've heard, it sounds like these are, like, really true and deep feelings to you. But, like, people make you question yourself. Because yeah. they're like, oh, you know, what are you running from? No, it's just, like, I, I got to do something different in my life. Like, Oh, so you're one of those people that just shakes things <laughs> up. And it's like, no, this means something. When I moved to Philly, it was one of the best decisions of my life. I yeah. hope it's the it, same it's, for you. Honestly, it's already, 
I'm already very, very happy with, uh, very happy with my decision. I guess, uh, I've only been here, let's see, I got here Tuesday night. Yeah, and we're recording on Thursday, so I've only been here, this yeah, is your third night, nights. right? Yeah. Yeah, I've just been going around the city, um, yeah, I'm really, really already happy with it. If you play your cards right. right, you can hang out with um, superstar Jason Siegel. He's been just <laughs> wandering around the city. I saw him actually like a couple days ago myself, but I mean, he's been spotted everywhere. Right. Just get in on his little action, you know, well, his TV show. But just to um, add on to something that you were saying before about people questioning you and you questioning yourself, is this something that I'm doing because it's going to benefit me or something that I'm just doing because I feel like I need to make a move? Um, I mean, something that might add to other people questioning that is your particular situation right now. Yeah. Because you moved here without a safety net. You have a job lined up, but you don't have, like, your living situation figured out yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and well, I, uh, the, yeah, I mean, basically I haven't really, I left my apartment that I was living in Sacramento at the end of May. And yeah, because I, um, yeah, so let, let me rewind a little bit, actually. Uh, Unpack it all. Bring, bring us in. We want to be a part of it. Yeah. So, um, look at, so the, the reason, like I said, I went to, that I moved to Sacramento in the first place, uh, was that I had just dropped out of grad school because my, basically my entire life had kind of come crashing down. Um, I like failed three out of my four classes, uh, I guess that's, yeah, anyway, um, let me, where was Hey, I? take your time with it. I mean, like, it, yeah. it sounds like you're going through what me and Bobby are going through to a degree where, like, obviously me and Bobby are, like, set in our careers and stuff, but, like, you have something a little bit more measurable. Like, when it comes to school, there is this very much, like, grading where my job right now, I know I'm down. Like, they told me, like, you're fucking up. Like, basically. Not to the degree of, like, we're gonna fire you and keep fucking up, but, like, there's a very, like, succinct thing with schools that you go to school, you know exactly how you're doing, where you go to a job, there's always this gray area. Yeah. And every time they give you something, they want more out of you, but every time you give them something, it becomes a norm. So it's always, I mean, I'm not going to get into capitalism fully because you can just go to any of my Twitter posts and know <laughs> how I feel about that. But it's just this thing of, like, <coughs> excuse me. At a workplace, there's a gray area where you can kind of work in those margins of good and bad for a little bit longer, where I think when I was in school, you know, a very negative thing felt like, you know, this is such a short period of time, how do I completely 180 my life in a semester? Whereas a job, I can be like, well, I'm 26, and I'm going to be like, if I do stay in the shop forever, which would fucking suck... (laughs) By the time I'm 65 or retiring, I would hope that I weather some storms and learn some lessons and had a great time. And went to my favorite bar every day after work. Saw my good friend Norm. <laughs> uh, and we just we grabbed a beer and we put it up and we, we all cheers together. Yeah, um, exactly. It was so that that's kind that's kind of what was going on. But the bigger thing for me, I think, is uh, I um, so I know now that I'm on the autism spectrum. But I didn't know that until about a year and a half ago or so. So the entirety of the time that I was in school, I I was autistic, but didn't realize it. And so I guess my 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 interpretation of what I went through, etc., is that there's kind of just a storm brooding where it's like this kind of eventually had to be confronted. 
um, for, for me to like be able to go through life and not like have it be just a monster, like a chaotic uh, maelstrom of um, uncertainty. And uh, so, I, yeah, I think that's the, 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 the biggest thing. I, and I was also like a huge, um, had a huge drinking problem, which I think is probably self-medicating to uh, deal with, yeah, deal with autism. Um, but, uh, so yeah, everything kind of came crashing down and, uh, moved to Sacramento, which is where my, my parents live, um, under the, the, the pretense that they get help from my family kind of while I figured out what was going on with my brain. And so I kind of, I, I tried that for, for a space of time. Um, and, uh, I didn't, I mean, it obviously took me a while since I, I found out that I was autistic at like the beginning of 2018 and I'd been, that was my third year in Sacramento. So I kind of flailed around, not really knowing what I was doing. Like I tried doing jobs. Um, I taught piano for a bit, uh, worked, did a, did a year with AmeriCorps. None of that really worked out. Um, I sucked at doing an office job. I was awful at that. Um, and yeah, just my, just, and my living situation just, or my daily, um, daily quality of life with um, dull monotony and yeah things kind of continued to getting worse um, my family kind of basically announced that they were going to stop supporting me um, because I, I hadn't been able to get my shit together and I yeah so I had the prospect I was faced with the prospect of being uh, forced out of my apartment which I I didn't really know where to go uh, so yeah so and it was kind of around this time that I that I made the decision that I was going to try and, uh, move, you know? Uh, cause yeah, it's, it's California is, uh, it can be a nice place to live if, if, if you're a rich liberal, but when you're, um, when you're not making a lot of money, it's very hard to live in California. You know, California, I need, there are government benefits, but it's, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's, it's not easy. So yeah, my thoughts were I'd, um, kind of get a fresh start where I, where I wouldn't kind of have that, uh, that baggage. And I, so yeah, I moved on my apartment, kind of stayed with a, stayed with a friend for a month while I tried to get shit figured out for my, for my upcoming move. And then, yeah, left, left Sacramento with the, all my shit in a van and, uh, kept periodically posting annoying tweets on Twitter, asking people, uh, for, for gas money and shit, which is something I always hate doing, but I, I mean, I'm yeah, very, someone... great, very grateful for all the help that, uh, all the help I got for the friend network I had. Unless Sorry you're a wrist label or whatever, that's not something <laughs> that anyone wants to do. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think there's any knocking on the door to be the person asking people for money on Twitter, especially in today's society where we're celebrating people like, oh my god, they got $20,000 in the kidney transplant, but... <laughs> You know, I think what you're hitting on is, like, a very real thing for me, but at the same time so unique because, you know, I I think in my whole life I had a sneaking suspicion or, you know, I'm, I'm big into martyrdom, so I was probably already, like, diagnosing myself with stuff before you, anybody could tell just because I wanted to be that victim, I guess. There was, there was very much that feeling of, like, shit sucks, but I guess I need to explain it by something. I don't know. Maybe I'm just bullshitting no, even I now. I, I definitely, I, 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 uh, I know what you mean. But I, I has that instinct. Yeah, but I think for you, you know, what, what I'm kind of hitting on is a little bit more of even, like, imposter syndrome, but for you, that, that's kind of, I was taking it back, I didn't, you know, we prepped for 
episodes, we know what we're going to talk about. I did not know you were going to drop that bomb on us that basically you've been set your ways. I mean, excuse me if I ask, how old are you now? Uh, 29. So you're 29, around, I guess, 27, 28, you learn that you're on the spectrum for autism. I mean, that's that's very different because it's like, for me, it was like, oh, okay, one day that diagnosis is coming in. It's like a dreading day. For you, it's out of left field. It's like, hey, all these things that happen in your life, you didn't even understand many of the reasons why some of them were happening. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and I guess I just like want to really know, like, you know, not to, to put you on the spot, but this is a mental health podcast. <laughs> like, how does the brain even deal with that kind of, like, I mean, can you, if it's not too painful, walk me through the, just that day that you learned? Yeah, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to. I was, uh, so, I, yeah, I have a very, um, yeah, very vivid memory of, of, of how it went down. It's kind of ironic the way that, or the, I guess the path that I took to finding out. I kind of been listening to a lot of um, kind of like irony podcasts like Chapo, Come Town, where like they make their share of autism jokes. I was yeah. going to ask about that, so I'm glad that you're hitting on that off the top. Yeah, yeah, and they're, um, well, I was really laughing at him, and I was also really relating, you know, to a lot of, to a lot of the jokes, you know? Um, like the, even though it's kind of poking fun, I guess, at, at it, it's like, I don't know, the, the, the way that, the, I, I found something relatable in it. Yeah. I kind of started reading more and more about it, like, looking at, um, lists of symptoms online, taking the tests, looking up research about it, looking at ways that it exhibits itself in people, and, like, everything I saw, I was like, wow, this is really, this is all, like, very relevant to me. And then I asked my, uh, asked my doctor that I've been seeing, or my, my uh, uh, psychiatrist, the, that I've been kind of going to for a couple of years at that point, um, was like, uh, hey, uh, is, do you think, is there a chance that I might be on the spectrum? And he's like, oh, I, I'd be surprised if you weren't. <laughs> and so <laughs> thanks dude we'd love to hear it <laughs> you totally nailed it this week uh, but I, why know, do you think like, I've been getting you train sets yeah it's like <laughs> like thanks for that and I do think that's like a little bit of just like that's something that fucking sucks about therapy sometimes people think like yeah you've got these people that know like exactly what to say at the exact right time I'm like they're still human sometimes they say shit and you're like you're not you're the professional god damn it dude like but I, I think you know, even for me, though, like, I'm the worst at self-diagnosis, but there's some times where you're just, no, fuck, I actually have that. Yeah. And there's definitely been times where, like, I think I have this, and it's like, I know I don't. And one of the things that I'm like, I think I have this, I never thought anybody in my family was dyslexic. My dad said it, I thought he had an excuse. Then my cousin, they were like, no, literally, he's, like, very dyslexic. And I'm like, no, this does not run in our family, you guys are just making excuses. My dad pronounces words so wrong all the time, like, he... Like, he's a very intelligent man, whether I give him that credit or not, whether he deserves it. But there's some times where you're like, he's literally struggling. I had these problems, too, where I would be talking to my friends, and it's the kind of stuff that, you know, very minor, they wouldn't send you to a speech class for. But I'm like, I keep screwing these things up. And I remember there was a test that I took, and I it was like a health class test, the kind of test you're supposed to get, like, hundreds on. And I got a 98, and I was like, well, whatever, it's great. But we were reviewing the answers, and I'm like... It's like, pick which one of these are false. And when I read the question, I swear to God, I said, pick which one of these is true. And I don't know for sure if that's something that dyslexic people do, but I just, I remember thinking about that example and then I'm like reading some of the stuff and I'm just going, 
something's fucking wrong with me if I can't read a simple question. Like, my reading apprehension was always really good, always scored high. But just, like, it was always, like, one out of ten things, I was in a different zip code than the word I was reading. Hmm. And pronouncing things wrong. And it just never really occurred to me. And then when I read about dyslexia, it was like, dyslexia is kind of like a spectrum, too. It's not just a, you say every number wrong or something like that. It can be very subtle, like, you don't have confidence, you stutter through some words, or you mix up some numbers and words. But it, it, it's a lot of different things it can be. And it's to the point where, like, functionally, I'm not dyslexic. I can do very well in my life. But if I read the symptoms, that was one of those things where I was like, yeah, I think I might actually be dyslexic. Now, some of the things I've read that I'm not, it's like, that list goes on and on. But I always knew in the back of my head, like, nah, that ain't me. Like, you know, everybody's been on WebMD and sees, you know, oh, I have cancer. But <laughs> everybody knows back of their head they don't have cancer. But every once in a while, you just know your your mind a little bit enough that um, you can misdiagnose yourself and get yelled at by a therapist later. So I know that for a fact. <laughs> no, I, I don't know if I've never even like really ventured into dyslexia things. Again, like there's some things that's like you could find it out, but what does that really change? Yeah, yeah. And it's like the yeah. same thing when I like always knew I was depressed. It's like, well, finding out the press won't change anything. It's like, what are you gonna do about it? But um, for you, that's something that's like. That's like, oh shit, let's go back through the years yeah, and like, probably, yeah, yeah, probably like explain so much. Yeah, oh man, like I, I, there are a number of like events over like my, my childhood or like my, like, uh, like teenage years, adult or whatever that's looking back, it's like, oh, that explains it. Like, one of my favorite, favorite little ones is like, I remember w- when I was a kid, um, I would like, I like to play, play with army men and, uh, I'd always like, uh, have like paper airplanes too. I remember. My mom had to explain why I was wrong, like, for me to draw swastikas on the planes of the enemy side. Because me, was like, oh, they're the enemies. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. of course they're going to have swastikas on them, because that's yeah. the ultimate bad guys. Right. And just, like, un- not understanding, like, it like it took me, like, a month to understand why 9-11 was a big deal. Because, like, my, my brain is processed, like, that's, I, I don't know, it's just like, r- random random things like that. Where Yeah, no, I mean, that, that stuff, too, is, like, the kind of stuff that people are probably telling you, like, oh, no, you're just a kid. Yeah. You didn't know better, and it's like, well, why did some of these other kids know better? And you start to compare it. Because, I mean, I think I remember, like, when 9-11 was on TV, I was upset because I'm like, are they going to put anything else on? Like, I want to watch The Simpsons again. You know, like, that was me as a kid. But I was, like, eight at the time. Right that I was a kid. Now, if I was, like, 20-something, and I'm like, the fuck, man? Put on some, like, uh... One of the kids watch these days, Bob Burgers or whatever. <laughs> these special effects suck. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, come on. That ain't real. Fake news. Fucking CGI. Ugh. Where has this country come to? But I, I am really, like, you know, interested to just pick apart your brain. And, you know, I've been really looking um, to find a new podcast partner. Honestly, <laughs> so, you know. No, but I think you, you're bringing something to the podcast that we haven't really seen before. And even though, like, I can relate to some of the things you're saying. Like, I do really want to get to know more about, you know, your journey. I mean, you, you end up in Sacramento. I get it now. You know, you go out for family, but, um, you know, my move to Philly is like kind of getting away from my comfort and family. And I, I, I felt a little bit of freedom of that. So I was just kind of curious. Do you feel like a little bit of that relief of like, okay, well, yeah, you don't have that safety net, but at least, you know, you don't have that, like, you know, that past that's connected with all the things you've already talked about. Yeah. I mean, 
by the time I had left, I pretty much didn't have a safety net anymore. Yeah, I mean, so. they were kind of pulling it away slowly, yeah. over, you know, over yeah. time. But. but, no, no, I, um... That was, like, kind of what granted you the freedom. Because it was like, yeah. either way, I'm not going to have it. So exactly. I might as well go somewhere that I want to be. Yeah, that that was pretty much my exact, yeah. Because, I, yeah, I never really wanted, yeah... I, I always had an affinity for the East Coast. You know, I like how close together everything is. I mean, lots of trains. Love uh, trains. I was literally, I was, I, I, was, I was on SEPTA uh, this morning. And, like, up until that point, you know, like, I had been kind of ambivalent about selling my van once I got here. Because I, I had gotten really into having a van. Dude, um, you're the van guy now. But, yeah, I always call myself a van guy. He's a van guy, Bobby. Bobby's, like, so upset. He's, like, disappointed. Unless it's but, Van Morrison, you don't really want to be a van guy. Vanguard? Uh, that's a company you can join. What have you got to job at Vanguard? Are you going to tell him? <laughs> His employment's bad to you, Bobby? Yeah. You're anti-union now? Fuck you, Bobby. The Vanguard of the proletariat. Exactly, what? dude. What? You're too good for Marxism-Leninism now? I'm not going to sit here and act like I know what a fucking vanguard is outside of a company. <laughs> it's a so destiny guys, character, okay? You guys can just skip over this. Bobby doesn't right? have mental health. <laughs> I know it's an <laughs> army thing, so I respect it, but aside from that... <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm going to pretend like I remember what you were talking about. <laughs> you just picked that up. Um, he... Mitch was talking about how he was writing oh, yeah, stuff and he was amb- ambivalent about selling his van. Yeah, yeah. I... I was just, I was on SEPTA, and just, I, I felt the hum of the train, I just, like, smiled. I think and he's that guy from that one SEPTA commercial. You can make these jokes, but I can't. <laughs> There's actually a SEPTA commercial, where this guy's going to Eagles game or something, he's like, it's like, I love SEPTA, you know, <laughs> going down the tracks, you know, there's, there's electric everywhere, he's, like, basically saying that there's, like, sparks kicking up, that's why I like SEPTA as a kid, I was like, that makes me concerned as an adult. But no, I, I, um, I moved to the city, I was living in Delaware, Moved here, but we kept working in Delaware, so I drove down. So for me, selling my car was like, oh my god, I can't sell my car, but since I've done it, freedom of, yeah. you know, no, I know Bobby's, like, got infinite road rage like I did. Working <laughs> in the same place I used to work, making that same commute, like... It's awesome. I love it. He I loves love, to see I it. love how there's a difference of, like, 40 minutes, depending on if it's a Wednesday or a Friday. Um, I really like paying for gas all the time. Uh, I like how there's no coolant in my car right now, and I'm broke, so the air conditioning doesn't work. I love all of it. I love having a car, and uh, I don't want to sell it at all. <laughs> okay. Well, nothing you can do about it, Bobby. Anyway, um, no, I, but yeah, getting rid of my car, it's hard. I mean, I still feel the effects of that. There's definitely a mental aspect of I can't get out of this fucking city anytime I want, but at the same time, like, nothing. I never have to, like, go check my car. Which, if you don't live in the city of Philadelphia, you don't understand how much that connects to mental health. Because the city of Philadelphia does not fucking care how legally you parked your car in the one minute you parked it. Because after you walk away, fair game to fuck up your life. Yeah. I mean, Mitch Mitch saw the effect of everywhere being two-hour parking yesterday. Uh, before I told him today that if you cross Washington, you can kind of solve it. But yeah. Not only that, I mean, there's always going to be... People that'll smash your window and if they see a packet of cigarettes uh, on the front seat or whatever. Um, it's just having a car in the city really fucking sucks. Yeah. So I'd recommend selling your van. Yeah. Yeah, that's the plan. Um, yeah. So that was the whole point of the podcast, actually. If you're looking to buy a van, it's the longest <laughs> yeah, advertisement for a van of all time. Yeah. It's, yeah. You well, know, it's a classic Toyota. You'll Ooh. love it. Look at the Good Kid Mad City album cover and you'll <laughs> yeah. kind of get the general idea. It's actually the car that Kendrick Lamar was born in. 
Because that's the, the cover, right? That's yeah. his birth? Was he? Uh, yeah, dude, that's totally the cover. Him <laughs> being born in that band. Okay. Yeah, if you get the deluxe, if you get the deluxe vinyl edition, there's actually a live birth, a gatefold. Yeah, it's very cool. They did it Nirvana style too. They really planted it ahead. It was really beautiful. Really there's well a piece done. of it's his tasteful. umbilical cord I've heard in there. Yeah, it always makes the record skip, but it's pretty tight. <laughs> it's, it's very tasteful. If he becomes a saint, it'll yeah. be worth a lot of holy coins. Holy coins. <laughs> All right. I, I want to reiterate how hot it is in this room and how much our brains are boiling that he it's just said some coins or something. Holy coins. Remember. Holy coins. Uh, you know what? I, I, I'm in. Holy coins. That's a... Uh, yeah, that's... We should replace the, the dollar with holy coins. You know? I'm in for it. That's You have to change in your American dollars for bitcoins and then you change in your bitcoins for holy coins and then you use those to buy indulgences. If you're Catholic. If you're Protestant. That's what you, Yeah. They don't Try do that Catholic, anymore. Yeah. I buy indulgences. Yeah. What are the main categories of indulgences? Uh, I mean, I think indulgences are just general like favor points to get you into heaven. Oh, uh, why would I want those? Well, so they're to major and minor heaven. artifacts, and depending on your DM, you know, you might you may never see a major artifact, but minor artifacts you might see them at the end of a campaign. I feel that, Bobby. You, <laughs> you didn't say words I can relate to. I get this. Is that Dungeons and Dragons? I'm assuming. Dude, it might. It is it might, so. I, I think it's not. accurate to third edition rules, but don't quote me on it. I won't. I don't know why, how, or when I would. Anyway, this is a mental health podcast. <laughs> um, no, but Mitch, you're you're in Philly now. What what do you feel like's next for you? Like, is it getting to know the city, or are you trying? To, I mean, obviously, be nice to know where you're, you're sleeping every night, <laughs> but. Um, you know, where do you see this growing for you? I mean, are you going to kick up the podcast game with Bobby? Because he's taken. <laughs> uh, well, I uh, I got a few things that um, I'm planning on allowing to flourish now that my life isn't uh, in as much of a state of flux. And, Growing yeah. your pubes out. Yeah, well, I mean, that's... Uh, I've been a neat for a while, so let's just say there hasn't really been any maintenance in there. Hey, oh, great! Let's I check mean, it out. We could say it, but we, you know, we might want to double check it. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. So I'm gro- actually my biggest plan is it's, it's ironic that you said that because I want a cornrow in my pubes. That's so that's my number one plan. That's great. Cultural but... appropriation. I can't let you do that. <laughs> He's a big fan of Iverson. Though. <laughs> that's fair. Iverson God, exception. Wait. Philly yeah. Iverson exception. Iverson over everything. That is one of the advantages that we have. Yes, yeah, you're allowed to do. Welcome cornrows. to Philly. If as long as it's an O to Iverson, you can. You just need to. You have to wear a headband and a shooting sleeve on your dick as well. Yeah. Well, I was thinking that I would just get his his jersey tattooed on my dick. You know, that could work. Yeah, number three representing on your three inches. That's great, dude. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, more than three inches. I just want it. Want to clear that up for everybody. Um, oh. Yeah. So. I I got so I, I, I no women listen to this podcast. <laughs> I don't know why you're. I mean, uh, you might be in the guys. That's fine too, though. Yeah, none I, of them are listening to the podcast either. It's just me and Bobby over and over. Actually, <laughs> yeah, but, all the listeners by. Um, he came to listener for this episode. If nothing else. <laughs> um, as I mentioned, I I did I did I did come here with a job uh, lined up, and I'll be teaching piano here. And so my my long term goal is I would really like to kind of open up my own uh, piano studio, uh, where I just kind of a place where uh, where I hold lessons. I don't like that. Um, that I mean that's 
much more long term, you know. And I'm not uh, shitting you, but I would come to that studio because I tried to teach myself piano. It did not go well. Um, I know as hey, a, man. I know as an adult, yeah. it's a little yeah. bit harder to get into, but yeah. I was really enjoying it. So I I found something in this podcast already that's you know yeah. passionate to me. I've taught I've, I've taught a few uh, a few adults. It's um, oh, it's it, not especially with <laughs> <never mind. laughs> I thought I'd be the first adult to learn something. Shit! I've never taught a podcaster, though. Ooh! Well, Bobby, you can't learn piano now. Fuck off. I gotta be the only one. Okay, I'll live. Fair enough. Uh, you don't need piano skills to live. But... I like to type a different kind of key. <laughs> it's a blog key. Florida Keys, got it. Time for plugs. Yeah. Ooh, no. Are we there? Are we there? <laughs> I don't think we are. Okay. Sorry, Mitch. He, it, he, oh, it's he, all good. he wants to cut you off. I don't think he's enjoying your presence. He's <laughs> your friend, but apparently you're my friend. We're going to have a great time. <laughs> well, uh, I love it, being a guest on Neurotica again. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby, thanks for joining us. Me and Mitch had a great time today. Uh, you can follow me and Mitch at Neurotica the Pod. Uh, but as far as, um, you know, piano, uh, living situation, I mean, you got kind of a medium to a lot to figure out. Yeah. Well, so in addition to that, uh, I had, I've also done a, a little bit of music writing, um, which is something that I really want to get back into uh, before kind of my my life got kind of had to focus on moving. So I'm Roger Daughtry. <laughs> I, I don't think the Philly music scene is that strong, though, so I don't really think this is the place yeah, for Yeah, it's you. not the best or second best in the country at all, so you might be in trouble. This came from such a place of disdain, the way you said that. Like, you wanted to prove it to somebody. Who hurt you, Bobby? You. A lot. Yeah, I know. It's awesome. I love doing it. It kind of sounds like when there's, like, a, a fan of a mid-major basketball team and, like, oh, Gonzaga are not going to do shit. It's like, they're only number two in the country. Yeah. Bobby's the Gonzaga of music. Because I'm in the NBA. He's talking about fucking college teams. All right. That's fair. <laughs> Mitch Morse more like Adam Morrison than I do. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll take that. Adam Morrison's a beautiful man. This is starting. You know, personally, I actually think it's admirable when men are, aren't afraid to cry in public. That's so, fair. You know, if you want to keep on doing your toxic masculinity thing. Well, isn't I'm he like an ANCAP? What's that? Isn't he like an ANCAP? Oh, Adam Morrison? Doesn't he have like a apocalypse bunker and like love guns and shit? Uh, I'm not ruling it out, but That's I think a- you might be thinking of um, uh, Andrew Bogut. So no, Andrew oh, Bogut. Yeah, Bogut Bogut's 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 Bogut. Oh yeah, he hates SJWs. He's a loser. No, but I think Bogut is the one that has like the the bunker and shit. Do you want to talk about that? There's a whole thing with the podcast I used to. Uh, I, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Well, you well, talk about matter. all your old podcasts. They aren't you, Bobby? You son of a bitch. You don't want in Neurotica. You don't have to come to the live episode. You know what? You're out. <laughs> I'm out. You're out permanently. Fuck, what are they going to do at the National Libertarian Museum it's on the- July 21st it's at 2 p.m.? Pay what you want to get in. Bobby won't be there. I'm not going to be there. It would be a huge surprise and shocker. It'd be the craziest thing ever. Bobby showed up at the podcast I told him not to come to. It's not going to happen. So. You're not part of the tournament. You show He's up- definitely not going to be wearing a fake mustache over his real beard. Which that's would be not, that's not wholly happening. unnecessary. <laughs> I'm gonna wear a fake mustache under my Joker makeup, <laughs> like Cesar Romero. Which I'm convinced he's actually gonna wear. He said it, and I don't think he's joking. Yeah, please follow Bobby's all um, Joker Philadelphia. Okay, at Joker 
Joker market. Thing. I don't. I don't know what happened when you two got together, but I don't like it anymore. <laughs> Anywho, this is a podcast about mental health. So, Mitch, where is your head right now? Lately, uh, I've been pretty solid. Um, I like you know, like I said, I was in a very in some very uh, dark places, literally and figuratively, when I was in Sacramento. Since I, you know, I like to turn all the lights out and uh, not have any sunlight for a week when I'm really depressed. But and, yeah, um, typical classic vampire method. To be, you know, it would rule to be a vampire. It would a- anyway. Well, though, we, don't, um, we don't even think it. <laughs> that's true. Uh, yeah, we all we all agree. We don't need to unpack that anymore. Yes, basically, um, I'd had like a huge burst of uh, burst of inspiration, kind of like uh, more internal motivation to keep on going. Um, when uh, when I decided to make the move, and kind of once everything started coming together and started actually becoming a real thing, it was like that was a thing driving me, you know, and like that kind of helped keep me in. Um, I like. Every, like, step I get, it, like, um, kind of represented, like, me symbolically getting, well, I guess not, like, symbolically, since it's literally further along my journey, but, um, it, uh, it, like, felt like I was... Your life journey as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it felt like I was, uh, yeah, opening a new chapter, um, with, yeah, with every, every, every step of progress. Um, and, uh, yeah, cause, so, one of the, I guess, tough things with, um, with autism is that... From, from what I've read, it kind of basically has a, it is comorbid with kind of pretty much every other, like, um, like anxiety, uh, all like depression, um, kind of, yeah, there's very high incidences of comorbidity. And so like, I, it can, it can like act in like a lot of ways, you know, um, and it, it arises in like in very unexpected ways. Like, you know, when like, uh, things like force me to break, break from my routines, or like um, stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I completely like feel that. Just even as a person who's not on the spectrum, but just feels depression. I mean, like you know that that's what anxiety is. As soon as you you get thrown out of something, like you know you, you feel that, and then it starts really emanating to not just you, but the people around you. So yeah, I completely yeah. get that. But you know, like I I've only spent you know part of this night with you. I'm excited that you're here. I'm excited for you. Um, yeah, and I think. You know, I hope that Philadelphia does the same things for you that it did for me. And, you know, you're you're welcome anytime. I think, you know, it's, we're in, sitting in the hottest room <laughs> in America right now. Tomorrow is the hottest day in Philly. we got to get this AC back on. So, you know what I'm going to say? <laughs> we're we're going to plug up the podcast and then we're going to plug in the AC. So, let, let's bring it together for some plugs. So, Mitch, I know you already kind of plugged your... Yeah. Um, your I do your, have another plug that I was Yeah, as make. many plugs as you want to make. Yeah, so I have a... Um, I have... Launched a podcast that I'm hoping to, we're hoping to, yeah, I'm hoping to get it off the ground now that I think it's called 420 Rainy Street. It's uh, with a couple other people on Twitter, um, but it's basically. Drop the it, It's um, with uh, at Burger Krang and um, his ad is really hard to remember, but Law Dog Esquire, some of you, some of you may uh, have seen him in group DMs, um, but yeah, it's just King of the Hill podcast. Going through every episode. Oh, I love that. I love King of the Hill. Yes. So. I need an excuse to watch King of the Hill, so. There you go. We'll watch some King of the Hill now. We're going to be prepping for his podcast. We're going to be Dying podcast up on a podcast. I was starting to go into it, go into <laughs> impression, but I've already lost it. So I think it's best that I save myself the embarrassment. So yeah, 420 so, Rain Street. Yeah. Listen to it. It's going to be good. I guess I have to try it now. Yeah. 
That's my purse. I don't know you. Dang it, Bobby. I'm going to kick your ass. There we go. Now Bobby's going to do one. Uh, Great, Bobby. You did a classic Beavis and Butthead impression. Right there. <laughs> um, uh, that was my impression of Bobby. I've seen like three episodes. Yeah. <laughs> King Dad, Dad, Our, can we record the podcast? <laughs> no, I'm actually really looking forward to that. It gives me an excuse to get back through King of the Hill. It's, um, it's such a good show. Yeah, great show. Actually had origins of Beavis Butthead, which is one of my favorite little yeah. tidbits. Of, yeah. uh, People in my grade school like hated King of the Hill because he stopped doing Beavis and Butthead. But <laughs> yeah. I don't think they've watched that much Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. I think they just did it to like, be cool when they were 12 yeah, years yeah. old. <laughs> Who's the among us? Uh, Bobby, what would you like to plug? Anything you got going on this Sunday specifically? Uh, this Sunday? Just the normal stuff. Going to the National Libertarian Museum to hang out. Right. See the Statue of Liberty, as we said last weekend. Yeah. Which they have. Gotta be there at 2pm though. Like every other time slot... Not really worth being there. Yeah, they're doing like a Nikola Tesla, like bending the light around it so that you can't see it. But then at 2 p.m. they're going to unveil it and you can see the Statue of Liberty at the National Libertarian Museum, 2 p.m. on Sunday, July 21st. At what I would assume uh, the nat- like the Statue of Liberty would be in whatever their like, you know, main stage thing would be. I yes. assume. Wherever there seems to be a stage and a bunch of chairs is where the Statue of Liberty is going to be. So make sure that you're there. Yeah, and if you see Bobby, do not scream out, hey, Bobby, the Statue of Liberty uh, is very fragile. It might crack if you just start screaming at Bobby. Yes, well, me and Cody are going to crack the Statue of Liberty like the Liberty Bell. Yeah, I'm going to blow out its back walls like the Liberty Bell. You're going to fuck the Statue of Liberty? <laughs> yes. I'm... Buddy. <laughs> Buddy, you anyway. anyway, yeah, so Neurotica, 2 p.m., lot. At the National Liberty Museum, Bobby is not invited, as we established earlier, and then recanted on accident, and now reestablishing the third time. Um, I will be there. Our Twitter is at NeuroticaThePod, where we'll keep bothering you about going there. We have Aaron on the podcast, a past guest, and many-time future guest, I hope, but E. Brownie, you know her, you love her, she'll be there. And we're going to have a lot of fun, and we're probably going to get some audience members involved in it, so if you have any questions for us about mental health or just what Bobby does with his beard. Come on out. We're going to have a great time. Um, I'm not sure if Mitch will be there, but if he is, you can ask him about specifically Sacramento, his favorite topic in the world. (laughs) So, yeah, I think that's all the folks we got, right, Bobby? Yeah, I mean, you guys know where the blog is by now. What blog? Tell me more about this blog you have. Uh, I have a blog, so check it out. Great. Thank you for that. Uh, Brought to you by Lisa Mattresses. Um, don't sue parody. Um, <laughs> parody, parody, parody. We don't have any sponsors, but no, thank you for listening to Erotica. We're very excited for the live episode. We're very excited for our future. Go us. Have a good night. What a disaster of an ending. God damn it, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs>